For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore, still going across midfield, inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a Panthers Victory Monday edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated Panthers beat writer Skylar Callahan and the Carolina Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. If you want to participate, it's an open mailbag Monday. I'm sure a lot of you guys got a lot to say for what we've seen over the past month or so. Panthers have won three of their past four games, including yesterday's 30-27 to road victory over the Seattle Seahawks. We'll chop that up, get into our uh, our thoughts on that game. Uh, of course, we'll have our preview edition of this uh, this podcast later on in the week. Panthers taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, at 5-8, and eight, the Carolina Panthers actually control their playoff destiny. Uh, if they win out, they will win the NFC South. So uh, somehow, somehow miraculously, we've ended up in a situation where, uh, well, not somehow, they put in work. They put the work in. They never gave up. Uh, this whole tanking nonsense was never going to happen. And we're starting to see the results of it. So we'll get some feedback from Skylar and Stu here in just a bit regarding that. It is an open mailbag Monday. So if you have things you want to get off your chest regarding the Carolina Panthers and their performance, like our, our boy, you, my boy, Blue, we did exactly what I said we were going to do. We went up there, hit him in the mouth, and left with a W. Uh, it was kind of the mentality that we kind of echoed uh, on our previous episode. Except for Skyler, who uh, <laughs> who went the other way on his prediction, but that's okay. I think he's coming back around. He did say we were going to win the next two, so uh, the next two games are at home. Uh, you got Pittsburgh and a feisty Detroit team coming in here, so nothing is set in stone yet. Nothing is written. There's still a whole lot of work to do uh, before we, you know, really can start to celebrate. But it, it does feel good to be a, a victory Monday um, here on the Panthers podcast on Believe Podcast Networks. You can catch us on uh, YouTube at youtube.com forward slash tobacco road well excuse me forward slash at tobacco road sports radio for the video component of this each week and you can also uh listen to us on all major podcast platforms spotify youtube uh itunes stitcher luminary uh we're all over the place before we really get into everything though quick uh message from our sponsors over at bet online Football is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, 
where the game starts and where we start our instant react. Well, not so much instant reactions, but our Monday reactions to the Panthers 30 to 27 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. I want to hear from my man Stu first because the uh, the Panthers came out with the intent to uh, inflict violence in the rushing game. And uh, it wasn't just a one man show either. It was a collective three headed effort yesterday. Talk to us a little bit about that run game that uh, the Panthers put up on the Seattle Seahawks team that we kind of predicted might happen. Um, I mean, if we want to win games, we know that we, we know what we got to do. We know the recipe, which is run that rock. Um, I mean, one of the, the stat line that really like from the jump, right? The, the first drive, they went down there. I think like took like seven minutes off the clock, six minutes off the clock. First drive of the game. Time and possession. Whenever you're facing an opponent that has the ability to, you know, make quick strikes down the field um, in the passing game, explosive plays. If you have, if you lead the time of possession, you most likely will win that game. Um, we were 39 minutes and 16 seconds to 20 minutes and 44 seconds. That's that's. And if you go back and look at all the games we've lost, and just kind of like we leave that game watching a game, invested in a game, and we just it was just a bad game to watch. We were on the other side of that. Um. So controlling the line of scrimmage is key. Um, and we did that yesterday with that run game. It was fun to watch. I mean, whenever you're in the red zone and you got to pick up a first down and you just run it for a first down and then you just continue on about business, it's it's a lovely feeling, especially down in the red zone. Um, saw that with uh, Deontay Foreman, Chupa Hubbard, and then my, my man, um, Raheem, right? Yeah, yeah. Coming, stepping up, making some big plays, big moment. Um, that run he had on the, on his touchdown run, there's really nothing there. Only a patient runner would be able to find the hole that he found. Um, so I mean, we got players in that backfield that are skilled and they're there for a reason. So, um, you know, good job to the scouting department upstairs. You know, getting that group together. Yeah, between Chuba Hubbard, Deonta Foreman, and Raheem Blackshear, they ran for 180 yards between the three of them. Sam Darnold tacked on another 30. Uh, the team rushed 46 carries for 223 yards, a 4.8 average on the ground, uh, the longest of 26 yards. Sam Darnold had a, uh, I mean, not a eye-popping statistical day, but I, for the first time really all year, I felt like somebody was finally in control of the offense. Uh, 14 for 24 for 120 yards, uh, one touchdown. Kept, well, he got sacked twice, but relatively clean. The one thing that I noticed, though, before I kick it to Skyler, was that uh, Darnold, bearded Darnold, was not the regular clean-shaven Darnold because bearded Darnold will throw the ball out of bounds. Like, he'll abandon a play. Like, he he realizes he doesn't have to do it all. The other one would force something in someplace, cause an interception or a turnover. Uh, it, it was just a bad look. But he seemed in complete control, and he seemed like he was – understanding of his role in complimentary football. He doesn't have to go win the game. He just has to not lose the game, hand the ball off, make the key play action pass, uh, you know, passes when they need it. And that's what he did. And if it's going to look like that, Sam Darnold might be the perfect quarterback for this particular offense that they're running right now, if they're going to run it this way. Uh, Skyler, your thoughts on your initial thoughts on what you saw yesterday reporting on this game for Sports Illustrated uh, Panthers, a 30 to 27 victory on the road uh, against the 12th man in Seattle. 
I mean, it, it was just a an old fashioned smash mouth football type of game, and and that's what I love about it. Like the stats, I think I tweeted it out, and, I, and some of them you've already kind of brushed out on. But forty five carries, two hundred twenty four yards, four point eight a rush. The time of possession, like Stu said, but fourteen rushing first downs. Like I don't remember the last time they had ten in a game, and they had fourteen. Like. Now, I mean, they may have had 10 during the stretch that they've had, but, I mean, to, to be able to run the ball that many times, like, is is just phenomenal. And I think get, a lot of that needs to be credited to Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, um, those big guys up front, because they just physically impose their will on, on everybody that they're playing right now. And kind of the, the most impressive thing about this whole kind of turnaround that we're seeing from Carolina right now is there's only one way for this team to win. There's only one, and that's to run the ball and play time of possession. They cannot sit there and spread people out and throw the ball 30, 35 times a game and have different ways of beating you. Like, they have to win this way. And for them to continue to stick to this formula each week and the opponent knows what's coming and they still can't stop it, <laughs> like, that that's a good feeling. Like, yeah. dude, I know you've probably been a part of this too. Like, when – when you and D'Angelo were playing together and, and teams knew, and, and with Cam, like they knew you were going to run the football and they knew they that, that, that you were only going to beat them one way. And for them to not be able to stop you, that gives an offense, and especially an offensive line, a confidence that's a sky high. And, and I don't think that you can really come down off of that high when you get kind of to this, this portion of the season. We, you know, we mentioned it in the Thursday episode when we were previewing this game. I, well, I mentioned it that uh, I, that I had to go do a, um, you know, a high school football game, and that uh, it was the state championship, the four A state championship here in North Carolina was this past uh, Friday night. It was Grimsley versus Newburn uh, from the East, and Newburn runs a wishbone, uh, three three running backs in the backfield and a running quarterback. And that's it. Like they have, they, they'll run the one most annoying offense of all oh time. Oh my gosh. It, but it was so effective. Like you knew what was going to happen. The two wide receivers, one goes far all the way to the <laughs> sideline, the other one goes to the other sideline, and they just stand there. Like they literally yeah. understand they are not a part of this play. And it becomes like <laughs> a seven on seven kind of type of running thing. And it was just like, who has the ball? Because literally the quarterback's under center, which is odd in high school football too nowadays. He's directly under center and he's turning around quick and giving it to one of those three, and you have to figure out which one of those three is coming through the line every single play. They did not attempt a pass in this game. They won 40-28. to 28. It reminded me of that Sunday where it was like in the second half, it was like, okay, I know we're not going to really throw it. Run it. Just keep running. And they just kept gashing them over yeah. and over and over, five, six, seven yards. And uh, Sam Darnold said it in the post where he was like, yeah, man, you could kind of tell that the defensive line was getting tired. Like, you could see it. Like, you know, when they start leaning on you, like, over and over. Yeah. I love it, especially in high school. I love it when those teams, they have an identity. You know what they're going to do. The Panthers have almost taken on the identity of a high school football team to me where it's like they do one thing really, really well on offense. So why are we trying to do anything else? Like, we're not going to try to throw for 300 yards. Let's go run yeah. for 250, you know, and control the clock and just get in these dudes' heads that y'all can't stop us from doing this particular thing. I would think it's more – demoralizing for a defense to have a team run over 200 yards on you over the course of a whole game than to have someone like a Pat Mahomes just play back up backyard football 
350 yards passing just all over the place over the course. Like, of put it, game. put it this way, like if somebody was gonna rob you, what would feel worse? <laughs> if they robbed you in person, or they robbed you without you looking? That's a man. Yeah, like if somebody like came up, if somebody came up to you like, and said, give "Hey, me give me that, give me that, give me that. I need that. Hey, give me, take that shirt off. I need that shirt. You, with, you with your, fa- you with your family. Yeah. You might be at your house. Like, hey, man, I can't let you know. I need that shirt. Take it off, or else. And you take it off. You give it to me. Like, All right, man. And your kid's sitting there looking at you like, "Hey, Dad, you just let him take your shirt." Yeah, son. Uh, yeah, daughter. Uh, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes. Like that's, that's like, really what happened yesterday. This, it's like they the Carolina play. Panthers went to Seattle and said, "Yo, give me that, give me that dub, get out the way." And when you have an offense that's just steamrolling people, grown men, they grown now. I want y'all to remember this: they got kids, they got families, they got taxes. Like the Carolina Panthers went up there to Seattle in an environment after all the things that they've gone through this year, they really made a statement. Um, these are the games that they're going to have to win to be anything like a playoff team. Um, and, and it's kudos to Coach Wilkes for getting those guys ready. Um, you know, I read a quote, Shaq Thompson um, kind of making the statement, um, you know, these are the games you got to win if you want to be a playoff team. Um, yes, he's been he's and he's been a part of those playoff teams where you know it wasn't always pretty, um, but you find a way, and that's what the Carolina Panthers football team is all about right now. And another thing too, like you can't really expect, you know, like yeah, our our DNA, our our identity when it comes to winning games is to just simply run the ball and to simply play great defense. Why do anything else if you don't have that on the roster? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, and it's okay. It's okay to be a team that, hey, we're not slinging around 50 times. I personally enjoy it more. Like, I love, <laughs> you know? you know I mean? like, I love watching them just run into each other. Like, yeah. But if uh, we did, but if we had, if we had the roster to, to throw it 50 times a, a, a game, then do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think everybody would understand that with the with the level of talent that we might have. Um but right now, man, we're sitting in a good spot. Um and I even think we still have time to even develop um on the passing on the, in the passing game. You yeah. know, this, he has weeks to prepare and weeks to get some chemistry with these guys in the environment in December with the weather elements. I mean, this is perfect opportunity for play actions to see down the down the road, down the stretch. And Darnold's got the arm what for that. What did Sue say earlier in the year too? Get them injuries out of the way. You know, yeah, get them get them bugs out the way. I'm telling you, like I, I looked at the schedule again last night. I'm like, Stu's gonna be right. Yeah, They're I told y'all. Let me tell you something. I really do. Let Detroit's the only one. Detroit's the only one that kind of got me kind of like, uh, but they're not at home. Detroit's like invincible at home for some reason this year, but on the road, that's where they've had their troubles. They're coming to Bank of America Stadium, so yeah, they playing. They yeah, they playing in the bank. Got to yep. protect the bank. But yeah, yeah. Pitts, I'm not, the for Pittsburgh right now. It don't matter. 
<laughs> Whoever it is, he threw three interceptions last week or the, it's yesterday. Mitch yeah, it's Mitch Trubisky. Uh, uh, Mitch, uh, quarterback. Yeah. Oh so Lord, Mitch is coming in here. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, they control their own destiny. Like we we've been talking about this for about a month, really, since Wilkes took over. We all started looking at the schedule. Like well, I've been talking about this since I've been talking about this since April. You really have. I mean, I picked them to win 11 games. They went out, that's nine. So out of all this weirdness of the season, to be two games off of what I predicted in August when I didn't even know who the quarterback was going to be, yeah. <laughs> and that the coach is completely different than where we started from, that's, to me, it's a testament to this roster. Because I've been saying this whole time, this roster's got talent on it. And I keep getting talked down by trolls and friends that aren't Panther fans. Like, no, they don't. They don't have any talent. That's why all this has happened. No. This all happened because they didn't have a good coaching staff that understood what they had. They could pick the players. They just couldn't yeah. put them in positions to succeed. Yeah. Steve Wilkes. Uh, Steve Wilkes. Let's talk about Steve Wilkes for a minute here because this man has – I didn't think it was going to be possible, but this man in about a month and some change, to me, has reinstalled Panther culture back into the the, the building, into the team – like, like a software DNA. update. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, it's almost like he did a, a, a Google Steve, Chrome update. <laughs> let's do a quote here. Steve Wilkes gave the Carolina Panthers a software update, and it's called an identity. Yes. And that identity is called, I'm taking your lunch money. Let's just, just take it. Like, we got the people to do it. Let's go take it. Let's go take this lunch money. But, I mean, they, and they, they're playing for him, and now they're being more vocal about it, too. I don't really remember – a lot of players being super vocal about Matt Rule. We just never really heard him say anything bad about him. You know, just being... Man, guess, look, it goes like this. If you, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at say all. Anything. That's what... Yeah. And that's kind of <laughs> the mentality. Because like, we still haven't really heard anything bad from me and the players after Rule left. But they've been very adamant and very vocal uh, about... The, I think I just unplugged my camera. But uh, they've been very vocal about this uh, Steve Wilkes situation. And now... What do you think the odds are that he gets this role? Like, what is what has to happen at the end of the year, by the end of the year, for Wilkes to get the role? Or do you think he might already have it sewn up? Um, I feel like he's already got it sewn up. When you take a team to Seattle, I don't care who you are. Seattle's a tough place to play. Tough environment. It's a true NFL stadium. Um, true NFL fans. And if you don't go in there with the right preparation – um, the right mindset, you're going to leave winless. Um, and so just, I mean, where we, where they are right now, um, they're undefeated at home under Wilkes. Um, they just won a, a huge game. The Buccaneers is out there losing games. <laughs> they're going to lose again this week. It sounds Bro, like. Tampa <laughs> looks horrible. Uh, like, now, granted, they're playing the 49ers, but. That don't I don't trust. Do you trust Tampa to win anything? I don't. I don't <laughs> trust them. Over? I don't trust them to win. I try to tell y'all about Tampa too. I told mm-hmm. y'all in the beginning. Yeah, like Tom. Tom is Tom. I ain't never gonna count him out, but I ain't gonna count him in this year. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but we control our own destiny, and so I feel like Wilkes has done that. He's given them a chance, an opportunity, given everything that's happened this year, to to be in a place where they can control their own destiny. For me, 
he's done all that he's needed to do to show me that he's the head coach. Um, but going to the playoffs, huh, you ain't got no choice, in my opinion. That man, get that man a job. Yeah, I mean, if he wins out, he would be uh, eight and three over his, the eleven games he took over. Like, I, I think that kind of writes itself. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta think David Tepper seeing all this, like seeing oh, yeah. fans bond back in, the players bond yeah. back in. I would think that David Tepper has bought in to some degree at this point from what he's seen. He's a results-driven guy. Um, mm-hmm. what, what have you heard around the building, Skyler, in terms of uh, Steve Wilkes's chances or where he stands currently? I mean, the, 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 from the players, I mean, they're all bought in. I mean, I think that's very clear. Um, we've talked to Shaq, Brian, um, Jeremy Chin, you know, all, all the, the main guys, they're, they're all behind him. They believe he's the, the guy that's going to lead them to where they need to go. Um, as far as his chances, it's still what I think fans need to understand is they cannot just remove the interim tag. Um, as much as you know, maybe fans want them to, they can't do that because they have to do. They still have to honor the Rooney Rule, which means they have to uh, interview at least two minority candidates outside of Steve Wilkes. So, um, or I, I don't know if that's including Steve or not. Um, but either way, they still have to do that. So they're still going to have to go through this interview process. They're still going to bring in candidates. They're going to come in and try and, and pitch their 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 deal to, to Tepper. But I think even if they don't win out, let's say they they go to uh, let's say seven and let's say they finish the year seven. No, no, Skyler, let's not give that. I don't want. I don't want. <laughs> I, don't, I want nothing but wins. Today, buddy, no, we're not. We're not, putting, we're not putting that voodoo on our on our podcast. Let's let's just say they they don't win out. Okay, they don't win out. I still think Steve Wilkes has a really good chance to win this job. Um, but at the end of the day, like, there's still a lot of football left. There's four games left. Anything can happen in those four games. So that's why I'm I'm not. Quick to say, like, yes, he's a hundred. The job should a hundred percent should be his. What he's done to this point, though, yeah, like it's very impressive. He has got he he got dealt a terrible hand. You trade away Christian McCaffrey, you trade away Robbie Anderson, who really wasn't that productive anyway. But you trade him away. Uh, you get rid of Baker Mayfield. You're starting three different quarterbacks. Like you're going through a whole lot, and for him to have this team competitive and buying in, like that says a lot about just not only the buying factor, but the, the culture and the mindset that, that, that they're trying to instill there. So, yeah, what he's done to this point, 100%. But there's still a lot of football left. And who knows? if I, I don't want to, to make Stu mad here, but say they lose <laughs> these last four games and get blown out in three of them. Oh, God. And all of a sudden – That's a different conversation. <laughs> the narrative is going to change. So, yeah. let's just – let's take the Steve Wilkes mindset in this approach and just one day at a time. I'm be like, who let Matt Rule back in this building and gave him a playbook and a key card to, to do this stuff again? Like if they if they go that way again, that's the only conclusion that Matt Rule somehow like a Scooby Doo villain came back in with a mask on and started coaching the team again. Um, it's open mailbag Monday, and uh, there's a lot of you guys on today. Appreciate you guys watching and listening uh, to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I know everybody got that good victory Monday Carolina Panther feeling uh, that we enjoyed in the Carolinas after a good win on a Sunday. Um, Bradley Gore says, I 100% agree. That being said, a balanced attack to keep defenses honest and clear out the box, they would be unstoppable. Um, 
we agree with that, but you got to crawl before you can walk. Like, you, you got to kind of get to that point. And I think they are kind of slowly. I feel like they, I feel like, they, like you're going to start. I feel like <clears throat> with Sam Darnold coming in here, his arm ability, which we know he has, um, and his run ability that he showcases here, you know, so often. Um, you got a guy that can really be dangerous if you allow him to. And our offensive line is giving him that opportunity. I feel like we're going to start seeing in the next couple of weeks, um, we're going to start seeing some some shots down the field, mm-hmm. taking advantage of, you know, those guys creeping in to try to stop the run. Because, um, I mean, it's right there. It's on paper. They run the ball, and they run it well. We got to stop the run. Pittsburgh, they're giving, they giving up the run too, right? Just like Steelers. So I expect, I expect them to come down there and try to be, oh, yeah, we're Pittsburgh and we've played defense. Man. We got to get back to what we do, which is stop the run. Boop. I'll hit you over the head. Panther Nation, please, I'm begging you, please don't let Pittsburgh Steelers fans take over and Bank for America Stadium because this happens every single time the Steelers come yeah. to town. Hell, there have been games I go watch the Panthers play where the Steelers aren't even here. We're not even playing the Steelers, and they're Steelers fans. <laughs> in the crowd waving terrible towels i'm like what yeah. is going one of them i brought a friend with me um we we went and watched panthers it was colts or something like years ago and he was a big yeah. steelers fan and he's he, we're walking through the streets of uptown charlotte or whatever and he's got one of these terrible towels on his back like like a cape and yeah. he's just walking beside me and just randomly every half a block he'd just scream Steelers and then like random voices from across yeah. like out here in public in Charlotte are screwed. Steeler Nation, blah blah blah. Don't let them take over Bank of America Stadium on Sunday because they will try. Like Steeler yeah. fans are like cowboy fans. They are all over the place. Should uh, we be pro- should we be promoting right now for Panther fans to start buying tickets right now? To I go think to should. the game and make sure that you fulfill your your duty to show up to the game if you have season tickets and not give them to your friends that are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I want to say they lowered the prices a little bit too when we hit that dip. I noticed some of the prices I was seeing. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cheap for a Panther game. I don't know if it's going to be like that now, but hey, early, early Christmas, Christmas, early Christmas gift. There you go. Early yeah. Christmas, early gift. Christmas gifts. Everybody go to the Panthers game this weekend. Make yes. sure that there's no black and yellow. Make sure it's black and blue. We don't need that black and yellow, black and yellow. We need that black and blue, black and blue. Panthers Pickle brings up an interesting comment. Wilkes is running John Fox football. Tell Jay Stu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I mean, it looks familiar. Ask ask questions later type of football. (laughs) You know, um, it is what it is type of football. Yeah, you know. yeah, for real. That's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it. I love that though. I love the control what you can control high. type of football. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the whole you know trick play, hiding what you're doing stuff. Although we tried to throw a flea flicker yesterday, which I thought was pretty interesting. Because uh, I was like, oh, that that might work, but it didn't. It didn't work. <laughs> so. I, I might say something that's a little crazy here, so just just bear with me. Give Ben McAdoo a chance, because meaning like going past this year. The, the rest of the season past this year because you got to think about it. Like he's year one of his offense, and we all know it usually takes a year or, or two in some instances to, to really get that thing going, especially if you don't have a franchise quarterback. They've started three different quarterbacks, and since – I would say probably since Wilkes took over, it's almost like – I wonder if Matt had I, – I don't, I don't know this, so I'm just – this is just me throwing something out there, but – 
it's almost like Matt had his hands a little bit into the offensive game plan because they weren't committing to running the football. And I and I told this, I can't remember who I told this to yesterday, but I said if Matt would have committed to this identity of football, he'd probably still be here. If we're just being straight, like he probably still be. Here. You know, that's the frustrating thing because he said he wanted that style of football. He told us. <laughs> he told us we need to yeah, run I mean, the ball more. You, the, the identity is clearly there. You have a defense that can t- that can really stop people. You have an offensive line that can really just absolutely abuse people. And then you got two really good running backs in the backfield. And at the time, he had Christian McCaffrey on top of that. He had three <laughs> running backs that he could have he could have ran with. So I, I don't know what what the deal was there, but. Since Steve Wilkes took, has taken over, there's been a clear focus on running the football. And I think Ben McAdoo, I think that's kind of Steve saying, all right, Ben, figure out what we need to do. And it doesn't matter if it's pretty. It doesn't matter if it's sexy. Just get us to the end zone. <laughs> get us to where we can win games. And through all of this, like, he's stuck to the run game. Third and ten, he's running the ball with Chuba Hubbard on the first drive of the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that is awesome. And he got it. He got it. That first one. He got and it. Look at those first five games. Remember those first five games when they were one and four with Matt Rule. They were constantly getting behind the chains, getting in third and longs every single drive. And that's what led to only 48 snaps, 46 snaps, 51 snaps. What Ben McAdoo keep telling us throughout those 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 four or five weeks. We need more, we need more swings at the plate. Well, to do that, you have to run the ball, get yourselves ahead of the chains. And set yourself up for manageable uh, third, third and manageable, third and three, third and four, third and two, and that's what they've done. So, yes, they don't have the the elite passing game or even a, a really a, a decent passing game, but give Ben McAdoo a chance because we don't know what he could do with a, a decent quarterback that can manage the game. Maybe we do. Maybe Sam's going to be that guy, and they're going to open it up more as the season goes on, but. I think just like Steve Wilkes, I think Ben McAdoo could do something if he actually had stability at that quarterback position. Because when you go back to his time at New York, there was a lot of people saying he didn't run the ball enough or that he didn't commit to the run game. He's doing that now, and it's working. It's space. Let's see yeah. what he can do with an actual quarterback. Um, Antoine, Antoine Grant, uh, thanks for watching and uh, listening to Open Mailbag Monday on Believe in Carolina Panthers here on the Believe Podcast Network. He asked, hey, Jay Stu, wasn't we just talking about the run game last live? Do you think the three-headed monster is better than Smash and Dash? Hold, hold on, Stu. I'll answer this. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's hold on a second. Smash and <clears throat> Dash. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. There, you, you and D'Angelo Williams are the only running back tandem in NFL history to both rush for 1,100 yards in the same backfield in the same season. Is that correct? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, Y'all we, we were back. yeah, we were pretty special, man. We had a special uh-huh. offensive line too during that time. And that was back in the day when we were just doing things just real simple. Hey man, we're gonna hand you the ball. It's gonna be a draw. We're gonna do a little power, we'll do a little boss. And I just find the hole. Get the hole. But, and that was Jake Delone, right? Jake yeah, Jake was the Jake quarterback of that. Uh, that. Matt Moore. Oh eight, oh it was oh nine we did the eleven hundred each. Yeah. But Jake Delone. Uh, Matt Moore, I think, finished the season up. And I feel uh, like Sam Darnold can be a Jake DeLone type of quarterback. He doesn't have the same Cajun feistiness to him where he might cuss out a defensive lineman, <laughs> you know, after throwing a 70-yard touchdown pass. Like, he ain't that. But he can make all the same throws that Jake DeLone can make or could make. Yeah. 
He can yeah. run this offense the same way Jake – because it was the same type of offense where it was run the ball, play action, get play action pass off of it, take your shots deep with Steve Smith, you know, hit the tight end. That yeah, kind I of remember play. we was doing – we was hitting them draw plays up on third and 20. Yeah. <laughs> and, bust, and, and I remember one time, I think it was like third and 18, third and 22. I don't know what it was, but they called it a draw play. And I said, oh, D'Angelo about to bust this one. <laughs> and he broke it, and I was like, "Dang, like, Dang. like this what is why we just run the ball. We just run the ball because <laughs> that's the mentality. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. Can you imagine how demoralizing that is to a defense to get a team on third and twenty three, <laughs> and they run a draw right up the middle and get like twenty eight of it or whatever? It's yeah. like, what do you do? Just like, gashing. Do do? I really, I really don't want to bring this back up because I know we try to to put this to rest because of this. It, it's it's past this time, but. Could you imagine what this offense could do with this identity with Cam? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Why'd you do that to a Scott? Because <laughs> if you had Cam in this offense, like right now, oh, even if just a- hey, Remember last year he said he would only come back to Carolina if it was right, if it was the right situation, if it man, was – This would be – This would be, this would be too right. This I wanted to ask through this because I know it's it's late in the season and there's probably very little chance they even entertain the idea of bringing Cam back. But I mean, would you think this would be a situation that he would actually entertain? Because I think it would. Be. <laughs> I mean, with the pan- listen, this is where clearly this is just for discussion, but yeah, yeah. the way that they're running the ball, the way mm-hmm. that they're Playing complimentary fall, it's it ball. It's when you go into a game as an offense or as a defense, as a team, special teams, and you know what's expected of you. Hey, today we're gonna do what we did last week, which was run the ball. Oh, we didn't run the ball that well last week. Well, guess what? We're gonna run the ball better than we did last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then and then when the moment's there, we're gonna take shots. We're going to take shots downfield. And so receivers, when your number's called, make the play. Because if you don't, it's not coming back to you. And if you make the play, maybe we'll dial it up again. Like, it's just that simple, bro. Like, Keep so Keep that's the type of thing that any quarterback, any player will welcome in the sense of, do you want to play for me? Would you uh, like to join this this team? Yeah, I would because I know exactly what's expected of me. Jamie Revis, uh, thanks for watching and listening uh, today. He says, according to Sam's interview with Kyle Allen on his podcast, The Room, this is Sam's style of football. Um, I would agree with that. Um, I would see that. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, if we're being honest, it's any any quarterback style that they prefer, right? The play action mm-hmm. because it sucks the defense in. You're not having to no. go – many reasons like, yeah you don't have to sit back there and like figure it out getting hit in the mouth like <laughs> the slants and doing everything else and that pat mahomes stuff shout out to pat mahomes and that weird uh no look pass he did uh on sunday too seems like every sunday he does something i've never seen a quarterback do before that yeah. was some backyard like I, I don't even know what it was but i don't know if it's sustainable kansas city's defense is not as good as it was during the super bowl run 
uh, C. Prince saw a few sacks given up by our tackles. Any concern next week with our with their great D ends? I'm going to take blame for that because we brought it up on Thursday how well the offensive line was playing <laughs> and that they hadn't allowed a sack since like week two or something. He was due. I mean, for a rookie, yeah. left, he hadn't given up a sack in I don't know how many weeks, five, since six, week, seven weeks, weeks since week two. I think it was. It was like something like two hundred something snaps or something like that. Right? Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, and then he gave up what he Chino gave up, up one two, which. Taylor's a good rush end. Like I, I think he's a little overlooked. He's he's got to be more consistent. But that dude's got a lot of talent, so he's going to get to the quarterback too. And and Moten, you know, that's that's the one thing that it seems like we haven't really talked about Taylor Moten a whole lot. And I don't know if it's just because we're so focused on the the new guys like Bozeman and and, uh, and Icky and, and Corbett, but for some reason it seems like Moten's not quite to where he was two years ago. And I, I don't know why that is, um, but I have a feeling we're going to see him kind of finish the season really strong here. He's been banged up, too. He's been having a couple rest days here and there. So I, I think that bye week plus getting him a rest day here and there, that's going to help a lot. And you're going to see him finish the year a lot better than what he had, uh, did a year ago. Uh, Willie Smith went and did a price check on those tickets when we were telling everybody to go to the game. He said prices have gone back up. I would imagine they probably have. Uh, <laughs> David Tepper, if anything, is a businessman. Um, yeah, so, he's, he's smart. Yeah. yeah. So players playing well, the price is definitely going up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I better go and get. I better help and get your tickets before they before they go. JD, I, hey, I appreciate Panther Nation. We all appreciate Panther Nation today because the the comments are coming in faster than I can keep up with them. Uh, JD, when you have multiple good backs, all you need from your quarterback is don't turn the ball over. The Panthers' history has proven that formula works, and we've echoed that on this podcast. That yeah, the JD. successful Panthers team over the last two weeks zero. The pa- the the the, the formula has been the same, and I think a thing that rattled us with Matt Rule was that he tried to change it into something different, like from what it was. Every coach before him and now Wilkes after him have kind of went with that same mentality. And if you look at teams like the Steelers who have had, what, two head coaches in the past 40 years or something like that, the the, the identity of the team remained the same from Chuck Knoll through uh, to where they are right now. Same thing with the Panthers from, I mean, how far back do you want to go? If you want to go all the way back to Dom Capers, to uh, George Seifert, even though he wasn't here very long, John Fox, uh, and then, of course, Ron Rivera, Rivera. It's always been run the football, play tough-nosed defense. They're always going to have a – uh, a really good linebacker kind of in the middle of that defense playing quarterback. You're going to play action pass. You're going to have a, a stable of running backs. It's not going to be just one dude more, more often than not. It's going to be two guys carrying the load and uh, don't turn the ball over and cause turnovers. And that's the formula. That's not just Panther formula. You, that's know, football formula. you do that anywhere. And then, you know, the other kind of secret component to all of this is, is the special teams unit and how dominant they've been this year. When you got Johnny Decker, <laughs> Yeah. He's just paying people back constantly. You have a reliable kicker. To me, he had an MVP. Yeah. That like that, that's a whole dimension that teams either sometimes neglect or if they don't neglect that they're just not that good at it. When you have an elite special team, and I don't want to sound like Matt Rule there, but you have an elite special teams unit, that can win you some ball games, especially yeah. in December. Yeah, it's it, people people disregard special teams a lot too. And uh, yo, who was that return dude for Seattle yesterday? Oh yeah, that was his first game. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I started getting worried about him after the first one, and then he started kind of doing it on the second one too. I'm like, we need to uh, pay attention. Yeah, and he was just like kind of hitting an alley, like he would just took off. 
Like, if you saw the overhead cam version of it, he just literally just found a seam and just had some speed on him, and he was finishing out those runs, too. That's the one thing with with kicker turners. Like, if you just catch the ball and go north, like, good things are going to happen. And I think sometimes these guys just kind of go – want to make something crazy happen. Yeah, just make one. You can't catch a you can't catch a blur. That's what my yeah. old special teams coach in Oregon used to say. Shout out to Eddie Which Pinero. Run fast. Yeah, shout out to Eddie Pinero, who uh, was the last line of defense on that first one and got in the oh, way yeah. and might have injured himself in the process uh, to stop that. Otherwise, that dude's still running. Like, he had open field. And all you of a sudden – You want to know something? That could actually potentially be the play of the game. It might be because it would have changed the momentum of the game definitely. I don't remember what the score was at the time, but but the momentum uh, shift would have definitely went the other way, especially on the road game in Seattle. Yeah, and you was on point with that temperature uh, thing too. I think it was forty four. It was raining. Uh, it was raining, Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> it's that time so, of year, man. Yeah, man. Uh, let's talk a little bit about JC Horn because uh, oh, we've yeah. seen we've seen people, you know, talk about you know we should have got Justin Fields. Uh, or we should have got Mac Jones or whatever. J.C. Horn, maybe maybe not quietly. Yeah, maybe quietly. J.C. Horn has turned into one of the top cornerbacks in the league. Is that far-fetched to say? No, no not far-fetched. Okay. I didn't think it was. Uh, Christian here says, J.C. Horn really showing why he was the eighth pick last year. One interception could have had two more if he would have stayed in bounds. His coverage of D.K. was great. Uh, yeah, he limited D.K. Metcalf, I think, to like five catches on ten targets. Uh, Metcalf did have a touchdown. <laughs> It, it's just like when you really start thinking about this, you're like, it makes sense. You have a shutdown corner. You have one of the top three, maybe four pass rushers in the league. Mm-hmm. You have a veteran, smart linebacker like Shaq Thompson. You have a very active linebacker in Frankie Louvu. And then on the yeah. offensive side, <laughs> you have five guys that just love to run the ball up front. <laughs> and get after you. And then you have two guys in the backfield that can just absolutely wear you down. Like it, and, and then the special teams like we just talked about. What's that sound like? It sounds like a playoff team. Yeah, yep. it really does. Like if, if if Steve Wilkes had had this situation week one, I feel like people wouldn't be clowning NFC South. They would be talking about how the Panthers are just running away from the NFC South, like literally. If they had came I mean, into this from the offseason on, it's like just, Matt Rule gathered all these ingredients to make like the perfect – I don't know, like perfect chicken pie or something. And then once he saw all the stuff he had on the the, the counter, he was like, you know what? I want chocolate cake. I'm going to try to make chocolate cake out of this. This chicken breast, this pie crust. I'm going to make chocolate <laughs> cake. And he tried for five weeks to make chocolate cake out of it until everybody just got annoyed with him. Like, what are you doing? Like, Just think how do. different this season would be if that rookie kicker from Cleveland misses that long field goal at the end. Wow. That's one. The, the Giants, they only lose that game by three. And then if I, I don't I don't want to blame DJ for the, the helmet thing because it shouldn't oh, have been a penalty anyway. Been they didn't, home, yeah. they didn't throw the flag blame on. the refs. Blame the refs. Yeah. We've if had two games. Flag on that, that's a win. <laughs> We've had two games this year where the NFL's had to apologize to the Carolina Panthers the following day because of a ref call in the game that affected the game, the Browns game, uh, and then uh that Atlanta game. Um well, technically, Steve Wilkes should be five and three. You know, if that stuff had happened, odds are Matt Rule's still here. Yeah. Got real quiet. <laughs> Got real quiet. <laughs> Got real quiet. <laughs> if that if all that goes on like you just described, Matt Rule's probably still here, floating around five hundred, 
and and talking to talking to you every Monday talking about well, Skyler. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think you still got a chance to do this. <laughs> he won those first two games. Like he probably would have stayed a little longer, but I don't know that he would have made it to December still. Because if you don't commit to that identity that we talked about, then yeah. you're still in the same situation. And they were. He was not going upstairs to tell Ben McAdoo, "Hey, please stop running RPO with Baker Mayfield. That doesn't make any sense." I've got Deonta Foreman sitting over here. He's only ran the ball seven times in the first five weeks. Like I got this Mustang in the stable. <laughs> ain't been, he ain't been used properly. Horses got to run. Horses gotta got to run. Got this Porsche. <laughs> Willie, Smith says, <laughs> Willie Smith says that's what happens when you hire a short order cook. Um, to to hard back when he first uh when he was first hired uh <laughs> by the Panthers. Man, y'all wild. J, J here's J C in twenty two looking like Norman in fifteen. Yeah, with Josh Norman. Yeah, J C J C Horn. Man, like just that defense alone, and that's really kind of like where, like, if you want to ask me, like, why I was so high on the Panthers this year, was because of the defense, strictly. Um, when you have a good defense that's given offense problems and, and and holding them to a certain amount of points, you give yourself a chance to win games. Period. Um, offense just has to do what they're supposed to do, which is. Time of possession, control the line of scrimmage, run the clock out, and score. Put yourself in position to score. It can be field goals, like, but just make sure you come away with some points. Um, and so I mean, like, Jeremy Chin, like the way he like he has been active since he's been back. I mean, they're a completely different team, you know, when it comes to, um, you know. Guys flying to the ball, you know, from the secondary. Um, you know, J.C. Horn laid a hit on D.K. Metcalf. He caught it, but he laid a hit on him early in the game, and it was like one of those things where I'm like, man, I don't know if I've ever, I, w- I don't know if I would have seen that week one, week two, week three, mentality um, where yeah. guys were just like imposing their will, like, hey, we're out here. I'm gonna let you know it's gonna be a long day just in case you didn't know. And that's that grit and that toughness that I see from Wilkes. He's bringing this out. And you expect those things on defense. But when you start seeing this on offense, like even Sam Darnold, like down there in the red zone, and he was just fighting and clawing, trying to like shovel pass a – Shovel pass the ball to the tight end. I think it was. Yeah, I had a heart attack on that one. <laughs> it was. It, it, no. it, it was a. It was a bit reckless, but I. But I. But I appreciated the the scratching claw in that moment. You're in the red zone. You got to come away with something, and but so really the the urgency there that you're starting to see on the offensive side. And, and, it's all coming together beautifully, and it's great to fight. it's great to to watch. Um, you know, Carolina Panthers and Steve Wilkes making December fun for us. Real quick before we get out of here, uh, you my boy Blue mentioned C.J. Henderson, who we've talked about on this podcast throughout the year. Uh, they gave up a lot to get him. A former top ten uh, overall pick, uh, we got him from Miami, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. We traded for him uh, last year. C.J. Henderson's quietly having a nice year on paper: fifty tackles, one forced fumble, five pass defenses, three interceptions. Um, 
I think I brought that up last week. Didn't I you? think you did. I was going to say, I think you did. You mentioned CJ Henderson had to have a good, that was your key. I think it was the, the CJ. You wanted yeah. to see CJ Henderson have a good game. Um, and he did. He, uh, he had a very good game. Uh, man, I, I just, I, I feel like I'm ready to get into my Monday. You know what I mean? I'm ready to leave the house. The sun's outside. You know, I'm ready yeah. to go see what's happening. Cause when the Panthers lose, it's like, I don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like yeah. I'm outside. I don't want to watch highlights. I'm ready to watch the highlights from this game again. So, like, it, it feels good as a Panther fan to have something to look forward to in December where we haven't had that in, like, five years. So, for those that are still on this whole, uh, you're messing up our draft status boat that you guys have been on all year, or the ones who are like, you should have tanked so you can get that one dude from Ohio State or whatever, never on that tip. We was never on that tip. Uh, it never made sense to be on that tip. And now, look. Look at this. Look at this now. Look at where we yeah, are. Look, look at this. that. Like, what do y'all eat on Victory Mondays? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I like a, I like a good burger. Okay. Like good, like a, you know, like a good burger. Uh, maybe yeah. some wings. Might hook some wings yeah. up or something. I eat wings like six days a week though, so that's not really it. <laughs> like on Victory life. Mondays, I used to go to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Ooh. Then they used to do the free thing with the pancakes. Yeah, yeah, they used to. I don't know if they do anymore, but I think they, they stopped should. after 2015. Actually, I think they stopped. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, nah, you're gonna run inside of business. Um, <laughs> we'll be back uh, Thursday. Um, typically, it's early afternoon. I think it's around about one. We usually do it on Thursdays. We'll give you a preview. Uh, these games become important now. Uh, Panthers hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers 1 p.m. Sunday on CBS. Uh, we'll give you our preview for that. It's Thursday, so it's tell them why you're mad Thursday. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that as well. And it'll be open mailbag again on Thursday, too. Shout out to everybody that's come in here today. This has been one of our most uh, viewed uh, episodes live this season um, from yeah. what I'm looking at. People coming in and out, the comments, uh, just Panther fans just happy to be out. They happy to be outside, you know, like they've been hiding <laughs> like all week, yeah. all year. We had a reason to hide. And now we're kind of out here. We got something to say. We're going to dictate what happens in the NFC South and then maybe host a playoff game if we can get through December. So, uh, yeah, I got a quick shout out to give. Shout out to the Denver Broncos for getting eliminated. <laughs> uh, they are now officially eliminated from the playoff race uh, after yeah. losing yesterday. Um, good job, y'all. Y'all did a good job. And also, um, Tampa Bay, uh, congrats on losing yesterday. Um, and I appreciate it if y'all go ahead and lose this week, too. I, man, Tampa, Tampa does not – Tampa looks old and slow. Not just Tom, like the whole team just looks old and slow. They got to break that thing up. Like, I think they went one year too far, uh, riding on Tom Brady, and now it's starting to come back to, to roost. Um, they so see we'll, Tom trying to go to the Niners next year. I've heard him going back to Patriots. I, that's yeah, been picking well. up steam, like him going back to New England. So, yeah, let's talk about it on up. Thursday. Yeah, we'll on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, just go home. <laughs> How about that? Let's use that as an option. Why don't you just go quit? Yeah. <laughs> um, so for Skylar Callahan and Jonathan Stewart, this is Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on Believe Podcast Networks. We will see you guys Thursday with our Steelers preview. Keep bounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.